You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Have you ever felt incredibly overwhelmed or insignificant or, or, or small? Like, like, it doesn't matter what you do, there's nothing that you can do to be enough, no matter how hard you try. Maybe the, the pressures of this world start closing in around you to the point where you can't figure out any way to get out of your situations. Maybe, maybe you feel like Simba from The Lion King. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> Do it again. Right? You hear Simba try and fight his way out of this situation with the, these three fun little laughing hyenas and his little puny roar just makes him laugh even more. Maybe the pressures of life bear down on you. Maybe your response is kind of like Simba's, like, I, I can just do it myself. I'll just puff up my chest and I can get out of this. Maybe there are broken relationships in your life that you're like, if I just try harder, if I just try and work on this more, then everything will be okay. Or, or maybe work, maybe it's at home, maybe it's somewhere, but maybe you feel like you've gotten in over your head. Or as I was at the synodical convention this week, I met with some friends, and, and one of the phrases that one of them kept using over and over was, out in front of your skis which he was from Texas, so I'm not sure how much he knew about being out in front of your skis. But, right, like, maybe you've been in over your head or out in front of your skis and you just don't know how to get yourself out of the situation. Maybe it's a situation that you got yourself into. Maybe it was decisions that you made, choices that you made that got you backed into a corner. Or maybe just situations in life that really had nothing to do with your decisions, but life circumstances felt like they've backed into a corner. So, you know, last week, last Friday, I flew to Milwaukee for the Synodical Convention. On Thursday, Stacy took the Ford Flex out uh, and then called me a little bit later and said, hey, has, does it always clunk when you turn to the left? I said, no, it's never done that before. But now it does. So Friday morning, I was like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I took it out and it definitely clunks a lot. So I'm like, I can't drive this. So we took it to the dealership, and Stacy took me to Stacy took me to the airport. And before I could get the bill of to how much that clunking would take to fix, uh, I saw neighbors around us posting pictures of baseball-sized hail from like next door. I went, "Oh, that sounds like fun." And Stacy's with her parents. And I'm in Milwaukee, and we have no idea how to check and see how our house fared in the middle of that. We found out we get a new roof and new gutters, likely. So, yay! Right? And then, yesterday, I was driving our van, because the, the flex is in the shop. I was driving the van, and Stacy said, have you noticed something funny in the van? I'm like, yeah, every time it hits 65, it starts to rumble. She's like, yeah, it's been doing that for a little bit. Yay! Right? All of those individual things, fine, whatever, right? But doesn't it seem like sometimes they all seem to happen all at once? 
right? And so the pressures of this world can cause us to, to really feel overwhelmed. And maybe it's not just us as individuals, but maybe like in your work, maybe the, maybe the business feels like it's overwhelmed, or in church, right? So as I was at the Synodical Convention, we were, we were doing some really awesome things, and I know some of you love things like that. Some of you, it would be an absolute nightmare. I don't know how many times I heard the, to vote yes, press one. To vote no, press two. Don't forget to hit the send button. Please vote now, right? But we voted on a lot of really important things, and, and some of the really important things were we got to celebrate joining together with Altar Pulpit Fellowship with five different international Lutheran churches. We got to celebrate that we get to have unity with them. But sadly, for the second time in the history of our synod, we also recognize that we are no longer in Altar Pulpit Fellowship with a church. Uh, and it was the Japan Lutheran Church that we broke fellowship with. And along that, we also had some really, really heart-wrenching conversations about Concordia Austin and, how, and their relationship with the Synod now. And I don't want to get into all that. We can have, if you care about that stuff, I'd love to have conversations with you later. But in the midst of that, I got an email saying, hey, we need to do another advance on the line of credit. And also, we're talking about trying to start a high school, and we're trying to get new projectors where you would be able to see this picture without turning the lights off and, and get a new organ. And, and all of this stuff starts to bear down on me. And I think, you know what, I can just, if I just work harder, I can fix it. Right? And I know there are others of you out there, like, if we just work harder, we can fix it. What I've noticed, sadly, in my life, and I've talked to some of you, and the same is, is true for some of us, but... In those situations, sometimes prayer becomes a last resort. Prayer becomes a thing of, like, if I can't fix it on my own, then I'll see if God can step in and take care of it. But what does the psalmist say? He says, well, the nations rage and the kingdoms totter. There's going to be a lot of stuff, a lot of mess in your life. But he utters his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And so as we consider who God is, it reminds me of the rest of this scene uh, with, with Simba. Kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> Do it again. just picture God saying, if you ever come near my children again, if you ever come near my church again, as he stands over the, the demons of the world, the cares of this world, if you ever come near him again, her again, I will destroy you. Right? The, the kingdoms, or the, the nations rage and the kingdoms totter, but God utters his voice and the earth melts. Right? This is our mighty fortress. This is our God. 
if you were to open up to the, the hymnal and look at, the, there's a mighty fortress. There's two different a mighty fortresses. There's the old one and the more contemporary one. Uh, if you read the verse 3 of the old one, this, I, it's just what I picture when I hear this. Right? Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us. We tremble not, we fear no ill. They shall not overpower us. The world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will, but he can harm us not. The deed is done. One little word can fell him. Or, as I picture this, one little roar can cut them off at the knees. So, so if, this is our, if this is the picture of our God, if this is the power that he has over the, the struggles of this world, why do our problems seem so big? Why do our problems seem so overwhelming? Well, there's a technique in art called, uh, especially in photography, called forced perspective, where you can move around how close someone is to the person taking the picture and can change what they look like in a picture. And where we see this, I think, the most is with the Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? Like, as you look at the picture, who's bigger? The woman or the tower? They're about the same, right? Like, if you, because if, she's only half her body in there, right? So, but, but if you look closer to the tower, see how many people are there, right? She's not bigger than the tower. Or actually, I, like, we see mostly these pictures. I actually prefer these pictures where it's like someone, the, the tower seems so small that someone could literally just pluck it out of the ground. So what makes her seem big enough to hold up the tower in this picture? Or what makes this person's fingers so, seem so big that, that they could just pluck the tower out of the ground? Well, it's that they're so much closer, right? It's the perspective. They're so much closer to the person taking the picture. When your problems, when my problems, when our problems feel so big and our God feels so small, it's not because our, our problems are bigger than our God, but it's, it's because we've allowed our problems to get between us and God. When, when my problems become the, the first thing that I think about when I wake up in the morning and the last thing that I think about when I go to bed at night, when, when my problems become the thing that I focus on when I wake up in the middle of the night, when my problems become the thing that is constantly running through my head all day, yeah, that's going to seem huge. But when I can wake up and the first thing that I do before I get out of bed is, is to, to pray Luther's morning prayer. And then to get up and to meditate on God's word. And when I can, when I can keep my focus on Jesus throughout the day. And then when, we, when, when, when it comes nighttime and, and we gather with our family to read God's word and to, to pray. And, and then the very last thing that I do at night is to pray Luther's evening prayer. Right? When I can keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, the problems don't change. Right? Praying Luther's morning prayer and evening prayer did not fix my Ford Flex. A mechanic did, right? Praying Luther's evening prayer did not make it so that my roof no longer needed shingles, but the problems just didn't seem as big anymore because I knew that my God is bigger. 
And I was one, I, was, I did not grow up, I know we talked about confirmation starting in, in a week, I did not grow up in a Lutheran church, I was not confirmed, I don't have a confirmation verse, so I've decided that this is my life verse, right, looking to Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2, come let us fix our eyes on Jesus, is another way to say that, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Right? When, when we can fix our eyes on Jesus rather than constantly fixing our eyes on our problems, rather than constantly fixing our eyes on the, the cares of this world, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we realize that he is much bigger than our problems. He's much bigger than our concerns. Right? And we also remember that if there was anyone who should have been overwhelmed, right, he came into this earth. He came into our problems. He came into our struggles, and he took them to the cross. He took our, our pain, our suffering, our sins. He took them to the cross, and he hung on the cross, and he bled, and he died for you. When the laughing hyenas of the demons thought that they had won, thought that they'd have him cornered, thought that he was dead, three days later, Jesus defeated sin death and the devil as he rose again, proving that he is bigger than even the, the worst that the world has to offer, which is death itself. Knowing that as we look forward to the future, he's coming again. And so all those that have faith in him will be raised up to new life that we too defeat death on that last day when Jesus returns to make all things new. Right? The nations rage and the kingdoms totter, but he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. When, he, when we keep our eyes fixed on our mighty fortress, the cares of this world the, the struggles of this world melt away in comparison to his power. So come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the mighty fortress who is our God. Amen? Amen. Amen.